the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Morning, everyone, on a Saturday in the 10, Saturday morning, the 28th of January, 2023. Good old 710-KNUS, the voice of the people. 710-KNUS Weather Center, weather light, snow, and colder. 27 will be the high, 2 degrees. Tonight, 15 will be the high tomorrow. Snow continues, 0 tomorrow night, 12 degrees on Monday. Uh, this is also the motorcycle swap meet, and friends are showing up and going to go visit that. Um, the first hour of the show we changed because of, again, this incredible body camera footage of Tyree Nichols' violent arrest. And the calls have been incredible, and it's been a, a great morning for talk radio. We're going to hold off in this hour because I have a wonderful guest with a great book, and then return in the 11 back to the open lines footage. Um, like so many people, uh, my life was so changed by the murder of John Kennedy. And then it begins, as people say, historians begin, and they see this. There's so many recent books out about the partnership between the CIA and uh, the and mafia members, Sam Giancana, Johnny Rosselli, and others, tying into Hollywood, the Kennedys, uh, the use of Frank Sinatra, the murder, I believe, of Marilyn Monroe. And so as, a, as I'm drawn to this period of time, like none other, I believe, and so I was actually in the bookstore and bought Frank and Marilyn, and so we did a shoot, our YouTube show with Edward Epstein, and he just floored me. He's that good, and so tons of people are watching it. You can go to our website, 710knus.com, click on shows, click on me, and scroll down, and the shoot is there with Edward, but because of so many things that have happened and gone on, particularly talking about FBI, CIA, all the kinds of foreign policy decisions. We invited them to come back today and do the radio show, and it's a welcome relief. Uh, Edward, thanks for coming back on the radio side. Good morning, and, and welcome back. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Thank you for the nice words. And that was a fantastic guest you had. Stephen Rogers, is that his yeah, name? Yeah, he was early. Yeah, the uh, lieutenant, retired um, police lieutenant, and all of this, this sadness very articulate and, and had powerful things to say. And what's interesting, Peter, is you can tie Frank and Marilyn into everything in the sense that they were both very socially conscious. And they did things about their beliefs, which didn't make either of them popular with what you can describe as the deep state of the movie industry. Yeah. Because the, the thinking of the movie industry is you never discuss politics, you never discuss religion, because you're going to alienate half the country. But meanwhile, both Frank and Marilyn were very active in, in desegregating things. With, with Sinatra, it was a, a matter of he literally desegregated the, the uh, entertainment scene on, in Las Vegas. He insisted on having Sammy Davis in the suite next to his, etc. And Marilyn had been instrumental in getting Ella Fitzgerald an important mm -hmm. nightclub engagement in Los Angeles. And the, the club, I, I have all the names in the book, the club wouldn't book her because she was black. 
And so Marilyn directly contacted the owners of the club. She was at the peak of her fame, and she said she would be ringside for every one of Ella's performances. And the club did book her. She was ringside. And Ella always credited Marilyn with breaking that color barrier because she said she, Ella, would never have to play any of those rinky-dink jazz clubs again. So everything ties in. The more things change, the more they They stay stay the same. same. That's so true. Um, The the Kennedys and... When I was a young man, when Jack Kennedy showed up on the scene, you can imagine as an ethnic Irish kid, Jack Kennedy was everything that everybody had hoped for come true. And the more we look back on the Kennedys, and particularly the ambassador, and you were so great about this, and a role of Sinatra, but principally how they needed and used and tried to use organized crime and how the CIA that is now so much suspected of so many different things they all climbed into bed together, and the principle was because of Fidel Castro and what happened in Cuba, but also what happened in Cuba and then what happened with Khrushchev. And it's like this immense thing. And I said this to you before, and I have a promo that Mark Crowley did. You know, all this stuff happens, and I'm a young man. All of this stuff happens. Marilyn, I believe, was murdered. And then Jack Kennedy is killed. Lyndon Johnson becomes president. And after that, it's never mind. And then the war in Vietnam begins. The, that war is wrong. It begins. Civil rights struggle begins in this country in, in full that you just talked about Sinatra and Monroe's role in that. But it comes this never mind moment. And all of these outfits, the CIA in particular, organized crime. God knows what Edgar Hoover's doing. Certainly the Kennedys are dead. Um, the, that sense, and it's so troublesome to me. Because now it's a bunch of, never mind, don't look over there, ignore the man behind the curtain. Now we have a war to fight, and we have all these other things going on, and we have Lyndon Johnson as president. In the middle of that, some a question, I'm sure, Edward, I turn it over to you, and what, what you think. Okay, well, John F. Kennedy and his wife were the equivalent of a movie star couple. There had never been uh, a president and a first lady who could have been top Hollywood players. I mean, Jack Kennedy literally looked like a handsome movie star, not Humphrey Bogart, not one of, or James Cagney, or one of the top movie stars slash character actors. He was like, like, Tyrone Power, only he was a politician, and she was like Audrey Hepburn, only she was a political person. So when they were assassinated, everything changed. The the whole tenor of the country, um, people's thoughts about what was going on, etc., it all changed dramatically because they had lost two very glamorous people that were very likable and were very well liked so that John Kennedy's death changed everything but as as we discussed before Marilyn's death was subsequently described as the first assassination of the 1960s you're right and um, 
Also, don't forget that the Kennedys were seeped in Hollywood. The Kennedy family, we're not talking about uh, Franklin Roosevelt or Harry Truman or Dwight Eisenhower. The Ke- Joe Kennedy, the ambassador, the father, was was a power broker in Hollywood. He was instrumental in forming RKO Studios, one of the major studios. And talk about the sons following in the father's footsteps. He had a major long-term affair with with Gloria Swanson, <laughs> the Maryland slash Elizabeth yeah. Taylor of the 1920s. Yeah. Gloria was that big, and a, a, another glamorous, sexy figure. And um, the ambassador was married. He already had children. You know what's interesting, Peter, is is to point out the ages of these people. Um, for instance, as far as Marilyn is concerned, Frank w- was 40 years old when he and Marilyn became involved. She was 28. Jack Kennedy was only two years younger than Sinatra, so they were absolute contemporaries. Joe DiMaggio was one year younger, one year older than Frank, and Arthur Miller was the same age as Frank. So you have the, you have these four uh, bigger than larger than life figures who were basically the same age. The, uh, we're not talking wild teenagers here. When when Marilyn and Frank became involved, she was 28, he was 40. When when Marilyn and and uh, DiMaggio became involved, uh, it was the same age difference. And when Marilyn and Jack Kennedy became involved, she was hitting 34, and he would have been about 43. So in other words, we're not talking about a bunch of wild and crazy teenagers here. These are sophisticated, seasoned adults, which I think is interesting. Our guest, this book is so worthwhile, we have it up on the shoot. Frank and Marilyn, Edward Epstein is our guest. Um, I ask you this, and it was your your work, because I read so much, and it was your work that the people who bought Marilyn Monroe's home, her estate, they had to put a new roof on it. And I've read this so many times that they found so many other people have said, Fred Otash, I think, was one of them, how many different wiretaps that were in her home. And when they roofed it, they found them. And they think Hoover had a tap, the Kennedys had a tap, organized crime had a tap, God knows all, you know, maybe Hollywood had a tap. How many taps do you think were on Monroe's phone? And t- I mean, because you, you, I never read it until you said it, so I'll turn it to you. Well, the actress and her husband who bought the home was Veronica Hamill, and it needed a lot of work. And, and when the contractors got to work in dissembling the place, etc., they came upon this elaborate, uh, very professional and extensive. Bugs, a bug system. I don't know what the technical name would be, but the place was absolutely bugged. And she knew it because when she had certain calls to make, she would drive to a payphone, which no longer exists. But that's what you could do in those days. And um, she knew she was in trouble. And the the Kennedys were in trouble because of their relationship with her. And Joe DiMaggio and Sinatra also had mutual contacts with what was then known as the mafia. You know, yeah, Joe sure. kind of get, gets a holiday from, from this, but he was involved. 
I mean, they, they, he was able to leave the Yankees without having to continue his career when he could no longer live up to what he had been athletically. Uh, because the, he was engaged to appear not on the stage, but in the audience at certain mafia-owned nightclubs. He was friendly with uh, many of the same uh, figures that Sinatra was friendly with, including Giancana. And so when Frank began a friendship under the radar with Marilyn, he was taking on, it was Clash of the Titans. Joe DiMaggio wasn't simply a former athlete. This was uh, another person who was very valuable yeah. Yeah. to that group. I mean, he and Frank were extremely valuable property. But, but you do something that no one else has ever been, at least in my reading. You talk about, we talked about it on the YouTube show, Sinatra and his friends come to Marilyn Monroe's funeral. And they're not allowed in. I, Fred, Edward, until I read you, I never knew that story, which makes all the sense in the world. Why and what What was Joe's, those effing Kennedy gangsters that... All right, this, yeah. this is, Frank and Joe were equals. They were both Italian-American legends in their own lifetime. Amongst legends, and it wasn't only Frank and Joe, but others on their level, there were certain people in their lives that you didn't start up with. In Frank's case, it was Ava Gardner. And in Joe DiMaggio's case, it was Marilyn. And when Marilyn and Joe started having a relationship, Marilyn and Frank, Joe was insanely upset and this could be a major major problem because as let me offer a scenario that no one mm -hmm. seems to offer but it, to me it's so obvious can you imagine what would have happened <laughs> yeah. if dimaggio had started an affair with, with ava. ava gardner yeah oh my god that almost ended and, he almost ended peter lawford over that because he thought peter oh, lawford yeah when Peter Lawford dated Ava Gardner, um, he got a call from his friend Frank saying that if he didn't want his legs broken, break your legs, yeah. he would not. He yeah. suggested he stop seeing Ava, yeah. which he did. He did. He did. I, so, but again, comes this moment. She's dead, and I believe she was murdered, and I believe the Kennedys are involved in that. And it isn't so much, perhaps, and again, I'm assuming, but you'll answer that Sinatra was her lover at one time. It's rather that he took her to the Kennedys, introduced her to the Kennedys. That infuriated Sinatra because, infuriated DiMaggio, right. because uh, DiMaggio knew the whole Kennedy story, and he knew what they were capable of, and one, one of his quotes later in life was, they've gotten away with everything from the beginning, and they'll get away with everything yep. forever. And they do. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but um, Joe Kennedy was one of the power brokers from the Hollywood group. And don't think that wasn't in. He knew just how stars had to be presented. Mm -hmm. He knew just how stars had to be put together to make the right public appearance. I'm talking about specifics, what they wear, how they look, mm -hmm. etc. So when it came to uh, 
pushing John in his political career, all of that was going for John Kennedy. I mean, that's how he came across as a movie star. Mm -hmm. I mean, if Richard Nixon had had somebody like Joe Kennedy, yeah. the ambassador, advising him, Nixon would have had a professional makeup man. Oh, indeed. He would have had a professional stylist. Would have had a tan. Yeah. You got no, it. No, all of those things. And everyone, I mean, people today that look back, this guy is one of a kind, you guys. Remarkable book. Frank and Marilyn, Edward Epstein. But people look back. And Nixon has the flu. Uh, he was sick. He paled. He had, he had a, what they called a five o'clock shadow. Jack Kennedy had come off the beach, looked like a million bucks. And as my other reading suggests, that the people who listened to that first debate thought Nixon won. The people yes. who the people who watched it said Kennedy won easily. Yeah, because Kennedy from the beginning came across like a movie Ooh, star. Yeah, a, a, a move a top sophisticated, polished movie actor. Uh, it's interesting when it came to Jacqueline Kennedy, Marilyn described her as, quote, a statue, yeah, the statue. Quote, quote, yeah. which is interesting yeah. because for somebody who's a professional actor, you know, she, she was very imperious, etc. but it all worked. They, they, were a, they were a magic couple. It would work today, too. Oh, sure. And it does. Can you hang? I need to do a quick turnaround. Uh, this guy is remarkable. And it ties in, you know, we, we did the shoot on uh, Mafia Spies. I'm currently reading JFK and Alan Dulles. I think if this can ever be understood, which I don't particularly know if it will ever be understood, I, I'm drawn to it. This time period that begins with the end of Eisenhower and then Nixon's attempts and then into Cuba and then organized crime. We'll come back to the organized crime part of this. But they're all in bed together. But what strikes me so hard is when John Kennedy is dead in Texas, Monroe's been murdered, and it's sort of a never mind. And they've been playing these games. And then, of course, Sam Giancana gets murdered. Johnny Rosselli gets murdered because before they would go to the church committee. And everybody gets silenced. Light snow and colder 27 is all we get. Two degrees tonight, 15 tomorrow. Real cold, zero tomorrow night. Everybody's talking about regenerative medicine because people who have joint pain are getting real lasting relief without drugs or without surgery. It's me, the old man that likes to feel like a young guy. And QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting treatment. Highly concentrated healing agents from your own body to restore or repair damaged joint tissue. If you're having an ongoing joint pain from arthritis or injury and you need to call QC Kinetics, guys are going, man, this is it. Don't assume that steroids and surgery are your only option. Times have changed. Regenerative medicine can get you moving again with no downtime. Stop taking the pain meds and discover this remarkable alternative pro athletes have been using for years. Thanks to QC Kinetics, amazing treatment options available for folks just like you and just like me who are sick and tired of joint pain. So don't put it off any longer. Spring is coming. You want to enjoy all the things that that has to offer. Call QC Kinetics now. Get a free consultation with local medical professionals. 303-900-8986. 303-make the call. 900-8986. 303-900-8986. They're there. 303-900-8986. Uh, at the top of the hour, we will go back to this the sadness, the body cam footage of this Tyree uh, Nichols violent arrest. In the meantime... This is spectacular. I love this guy. Edward Epstein. We write back after this. Morning, everybody. It's 24 minutes after the hour. 10, 10, 24 on a Saturday morning, 28th of January. Stevie Wonder, Peter Boyle's 2023. 
710 Kane U.S. Weather Center, weather light snow, colder. 27 will be the high, 2 degrees tonight. 15 tomorrow, light snow, so it's very cold. And only 12 degrees on Monday. That means ski season full time. Snow in the mountains is amazing. Winter Park's going to get another foot of snow. And that means it's time for Larson Ski and Sport. To get all your new gear for the season and get ready to get out there and really have the fun, take it from me if you need ski or snowboard equipment. Larson Ski and Sport, I mean, they have been our guys now for 15, 20 years. I've represented them on the radio. If you're looking for a, a day or a season rental, Larson's has the rentals that are available. Remember, with kids and grandkids, always rent. You can do what's called demos, try the best new skis, and say if they fit for you, and then here you go. New ski boots. Larson has the best fitting process in Colorado. I watched it. The guys at Larson will take the time to get to know you and your family, match you with all the right brands so you can enjoy your time on the hill. Truly, skiing is much better if everything works. Snowboarding, which I don't know much about, obviously stays the same. Cross-country skiing, snowshoes, whatever you want. Larson's is so convenient. Stop on the way up the hill or stop on the way home. The big wooden building south of I-70 on Kipling. So you're going westbound on I-70, get off on the Kipling ramp, come down the ramp, make a left. Go south. Go. There's a tunnel right under I-70. Come out the other side. Look to your right. Look to the west. You see the Crab Shack. Next to the Crab Shack, there's a big, giant wooden building, and that's it. Larson Ski and Sports, south of I-70 on Kipling. John Marriott and the guys at Larson. Paul, everybody, the absolute experts at everything you need for winter sports. Stop in today. Tell them I sent you. They're our friends. Larson Ski and Sports, south of I-70 on Kipling. 303-423-0654. To again, 303-423-0654, L-A-R-S-O-N, LarsonSport.com. Our guest is remarkable. I feel a bond with him. We've never met. I've done a shoot with him. It's up on our on our television part of the 710KNUS.com on the shoot. And now this is our second time together. Frank in Maryland, Edward Epstein, is with us. I come back to this, again, broken record of mine um, that one, when Jack Kennedy's dead... And, you, you know, you haven't really talked about, and it was great you did in the book about how DiMaggio would not let Sinatra into the funeral. And then John Rosselli's murdered and Sam Giancana's murdered. And you go back and you realize that these alleged, these, um, alleged assassination plots in, involving foreign leaders and the United States of America and the CIA and organized crime. And it's this giant cabal. And then it just suddenly goes away after Dealey Plaza. Um, and it takes guys like you much years later to point it out. Well, there's something else that just just to, to slightly digress, but it's also something that's never talked about, and that is Marilyn's uh, plan to marry JFK, which everyone said, well, that proves she's nuts, etc. And in fact, when you look at it from her point of view, which others in the Hollywood community that she was close to were able to do, she had married the world's most famous and respected baseball player. She had married the world's most respected playwright. She became the darling of the New York intelligentsia. She was friends with Truman Capote, who wanted her to play Holly Golightly in Breakfast at Tiffany's. So she approached John Kennedy, the Kennedys in general, as someone who knew exactly how to play that game. Marilyn was a player. 
and John Kennedy had had many affairs with Hollywood actresses uh, before he married and frankly after he married also. And uh, one of the affairs was was with Jean Tierney, who was a breathtakingly gorgeous big star in the 1940s. They had a deep relationship, and she expected it to lead to marriage. She wasn't a street person. She didn't come from humble beginnings. She came from an acceptable social background as far as a family like the Kennedys were concerned. And um, Kennedy didn't marry her. And, and he could have uh, because he wasn't married yet. But the excuse was that she was a divorced woman. Don't, woman, don't forget. Um, the, the church. Exactly. Yeah. So that I find that's an interesting point that I think clears up a little bit how Marilyn is regarded in those final days when bad things were happening. But she she knew how to play the game pretty much up to the end. One of the questions that you you really did a, an excellent job with is Bobby Kennedy, and Bobby Kennedy is not a good person, in spite of what people want to believe. He's just he's a heel, and the, that Frank Sinatra was told, we understand, to talk to Bobby Kennedy, knock it off about going after Jimmy Hoffa, going after organized crime, doing this stuff. And, and Sinatra gives it over to Peter Lawford, who doesn't do it. it gets, they, they discount Peter Lawford. No, P- Peter Lawford did do it. He spoke to oh, Bobby that's Kennedy. Right. Take it back. Who, yeah. who told him? I, the yeah. quote is a classic. Yeah. Who told Peter Lawford? Mind your own business. Quote, mind your, mind own your own business. business. You're right. I forgot that. And so, and so, and it gets back to a moment you and I spoke about on the television side, where here's Joe Kennedy, who's had this stroke. Oh. And he's on the porch in Hyannisport, wrapped in blankets, and his kids are on a highway to hell, and he can't stop it. Well, I, I, Joe Kennedy was the anchor of that family. Uh, he was literally the godfather, yeah. as, as far as uh, the family and the power he wielded was concerned. And he may have been able to control all of that which was getting out of hand. But that stroke was a monumental stroke of horrible luck for everybody concerned because then he was no longer able to be the powerful, all-controlling force that he had been. And things, that I guess, Peter, you could say that was the beginning of things starting yes. to, to wheel yes. out of control. And it's almost like you and I talked, and I have this weird theory, and I'm not religious, so excuse me for a moment, but I would say Joe Kennedy made a deal with the devil. He double-crossed the devil, and the devil took somebody every generation up, including John John. He takes them from this this family what, what was it, DiMaggio, or was it Dean Martin that called him a bunch of Irish gangsters? Um, well, it could have been either. I know uh, certainly Dean Martin was wary of the whole Kennedy scene from the beginning and had nothing to do with it. He could have; he could have been right in the center of it, but uh, he, he had told Sinatra. Uh, to be careful of that guy, you can't trust him. Words to that effect. Actually, I have the exact quote in the book, but that, that's basically what he said. And he stayed away from him. And he also 
pretty much stayed away from Giancana when he found yeah. out that Giancana had a, a controlling interest in one of the ventures that Sinatra was partners with Giancana in, and and Sinatra and uh, Dean was offered the opportunity to join them. He didn't. Yeah. He knew it because he he was a Steubenville, Ohio guy, and he actually knew the mob in Steubenville, and he was. And he wasn't the, you know, like, we understand Sinatra was drawn to the mob, and Dean, yes. Dean wasn't. Exactly, exactly right. Yeah. Although although Dean and Frank were as close buddies as you could possibly yeah. be. How, how about this in, in a turn of events? Do you believe, as others do, and I, I can answer this for you, having read you, but that Marilyn Monroe was going to call a press conference, and that she was going to blow the whistle on both of them. And she was... And she had, and Anthony Summers' book Goddess that I just I met Anthony Summers once and he's like you he's an he's an idol, and the the things that they had done to her in Calneva and all this stuff had happened. Do you think that she was going to tell the truth about the Kennedys? Yes, and not only was she planning on doing that, she advised Marilyn was a public relations genius that's never touched on. She made friends with the right reporters from the beginning of her career. She knew exactly who to call when something was up, when she wanted to uh, get some points across, when she wanted to give her side of the story. If Marilyn went ahead with that press conference, she knew just how to do it. It wasn't a case of just stumbling into a room with a lot of reporters. She knew just who to call, how it should be organized. So she was a threat. And she did at at one point say that she was, was contemplating calling a press conference. Mm-hmm. And in his later years, very later years, Sinatra said that he thought that's what did her in. Yep. Now, Bobby, I believe Bobby Kennedy was there. I believe that, uh, as you pointed out, they had some friends. Uh, people always called it the Irish Mafia, the Boston Mafia. But they had friends that would have been more than willing. And maybe I'm going to... Did they have friends that were more than willing to have done something like kill her? Well, it's a very complicated web. There's many, many, it's like, like, think of it as a huge mosaic with million pieces. They all had these connections. They all were careful in utilizing them and, and who they utilized these procedures on. And um, anything, what I do in the book is, I, at, at the final part of it is what happened to Marilyn. Mm-hmm. And I, as you know, I present everything that happened and all the theories. One thing that is absolutely certain, I mean, the bells were clanging, the red flags were falling, something bad happened. You know, you talk about her diary, et cetera, et cetera. There were no cell phones, so nobody can come up with with a video that somebody made which tells you exactly what happened. And what complicates the mix is that, as DiMaggio knew and believed at the top, Marilyn did try to kill herself on many occasions. And Sinatra, people don't seem to acknowledge this very much, but he at one point was suicidal also. He slid his wrists after a particular split from Ava. 
so they had that in common. And when she had one of her later attempts, Sinatra's comment is, I know what she's going through. I've been there. So if she hadn't had incidents like that, then it would be literally 100% certain. But because she did, even DiMaggio at first thought she had done it herself because she had tried so many times. However, Marlon Brando, who was very closed mouth about personal things, did say that he spoke to her a couple of days before she died. And you're talking when you're talking about Brando, you're talking about someone who's familiar with a coterie of friends who try to kill themselves, mm-hmm. sometimes over him. So Brando said there wasn't the slightest hint in her voice that she was troubled and was contemplating something like that. And they were close phone friends. And if anyone would have picked up on that, it would have been him. So you can throw that into the mix, too. Uh, I don't see how there's ever going to be a completely definitive answer, but something nasty was going on. No, I agree. That is for sure. And when it comes apart, and this comes back to what I, I don't want to say struggle with, but what I ponder reading as an amateur history reader, and then it all comes apart. And I love when you said she was the first assassination. I'll, I'll steal that from you, but I'll credit you. That That's brilliant, Edward. And Thank you. No, 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 for real. I mean, this book is brilliant, but but it was brilliant. Now, she was the first assassination. I always go back to, if you understood who murdered Malcolm X and why, if you understand that, that whole era, including Dr. King's murder. Um, and and then Jack Kennedy. And then the part that really troubles me is all of this that you've written about and all the books that have been written about Sam Giancana and Johnny Rosselli and, and, and you know, the Chicago outfit and the New Orleans guys, uh, Santos Traficante and Carlos Marcello and all these things. And then it's never mind. Lyndon Johnson's now president of the United States. We're not pursuing this stuff anymore. The focus is now Vietnam. And... And what? She's dead. They're all dead. I mean, well, who, who, the, killed, who killed Sam Giancana? I mean, and who, better yet, why was Sam Giancana murdered? Well, Sam Giancana spoke to the press on occasions, which was, I mean, that's almost unheard of. And, and from what I understand, the absolute top level of, of what was then known uh-huh. as the mafia was furious with him that he did that. And I think at one point when, when um, the FBI was tailing him for something or other, he sued them. Yeah, and he won. And that sealed yeah. his fate. Uh, you know, he was a Sinatra fan, even yeah. though they were often at odds, and, and Sinatra obviously knew how to deal with him, which, which if that didn't give somebody ulcers, I mean, all these people, Peter, uh, Frank and Marilyn, uh, the, the whole group, they lived in a constant state of high anxiety. That, I mean, it, Marilyn turned to her dolls, as as Jacqueline Suzanne mm-hmm. invented the term in Valley of the Dolls. And Frank, it was no secret, turned to Johnny Walker. I mean, Cindy Adams and her husband, Joey, uh, had Sinatra over to their apartment at one point, And this was early in the game, not in the 40s. This would have been in the 50s, I think. And um, at one point, late in the evening, uh, he asked Cindy... Um, 
you know, how do, how do you guys get through the night? Yeah. And and her, she was surprised by that because she and Joey didn't have that problem. And she asked him, well, how do you? And mm-hmm. he said, uh, Johnny Walker. Yeah. He always had that great line, and I'm a Sinatra geek, whatever gets you through the night. Exactly. No, that was Even, his line, yeah. So another, And he wasn't looking for answers, Peter, because oh. when he sang Angel Eyes, yes. which was about this sad, lonely guy yeah, yeah. at the end, uh, in the early morning mm-hmm. hours, at the last patron in the bar, yeah. he would introduce it by saying, this is a guy who the love of his life has mm-hmm. left him, oh, etc. But he, he made the point in his introduction to the song, he's not looking for answers. No. He just wants to talk. Let me do this. I need a pause. When we come back, um, the, the church committee that has been so important, I've been reading the church committee again, and the church committee wants to see Sam Giancana and they want to see Johnny Rosselli, and they're both murdered. And I, Frank and Marilyn is a book. This is a great guest. Edward Epstein's put him on hold here for a second. Um, and then we'll go to opens and we'll again go back to this. Unbelievable, this body cam footage, overhead footage of the Tyree Nelson violent arrest. I'm Peter Boyle's morning show Saturday. 27 will be the high today. Light snow coming in 2 degrees tonight, 15 tomorrow, 0 tomorrow night. I went on and had my teeth cleaned. We did this now every six, eight months. Twin Aspen Dental Centers, Sedation Dentistry. I saw the man, Dr. Richter. Ski season's here for the doc. Whether you need a routine cleaning, and I go to Shiloh, same-day crown or a one-day dental makeover. And Dr. Richter's new partner, Dr. Snyder, and that team will ease your dental anxiety. Family unit and I have gone, gotten quality care, kind care, good care, great care, Twin Aspen Dental Center for years, up-to-date technology for less invasive treatments and traditional dental procedures. These are the team. These are the guys. Don't let these old-school fears keep you from a beautiful smile and a healthy mouth, relaxed and comfortable sedation dentistry. I needed deep cleaning after waiting longer than I should have. And scheduled my, my regular cleaning, and the deep cleaning was quick, and that's where I met Shiloh. And so it's great. I mean, you see the dentist, don't wait. Take the first step towards keeping a great smile and getting a better smile. Twin Aspen Dental Center, Stroh Road. Uh, it's on Parker Road, in front of the Lehman Academy in Parker. Easy to find great parking and a great group of folks. TwinAspenDentalCenter.com. Make the call, 303-841-7466. Get your teeth clean. TwinAspenDental.com. Call 303-841-7466. Doctors Richter and Snyder are the team. 27 will be all we get back right after this. It's 1047, everyone. 13 before the hour of 11 on a Saturday morning, 28th of January, 2023. 710K in U.S. Light, snow, and colder. 27 is all we get. It's 2 degrees tonight, 0 tomorrow night. Tremendous guests at open lines straight ahead. And talking about Danny Kaplis, the law offices of Kaplis' law firm. He's a friend, been a friend for a long, long time. Our family went through an upside down, and Danny stepped in, and just his his reassurance was just amazing. I told you, like, late-night phone calls. He'd call the family. Is everybody okay? That kind of stuff. Dan Kaplis' law firm believes talks cheap, experience counts, results matter. The firm would be happy to share with you its track record. Dan believes that who you hire says a lot. You want to get a winner. Suggest you choose a law firm that shares your values. The firm believes core values have been a foundation of historic success and faith and integrity, hard work and dedication. 
Just want a question answered. 303-907-5003. They'll get right back. 303-907-5003. Hit Capless Law. You can look on the internet. Look at Dan's work. It's C-A-P-L-I-S, CaplessLaw.com. But please, if you got an issue and you want somebody to talk to you for free, 303-907-5003. 303-907-5003. This is a remarkable guest. The book is Frank and Marilyn. Open lines coming. Edward Ep- Epstein is our guest. So these others are dead. Um, Monroe's gone. Some, uh, Jack Kennedy's dead. Lyndon Johnson's there. The church committee gets formed, and they have a different conclusion than the uh, than the Warren Commission. And they want John Rosselli, and they want Sam Giancana. What happened? Well, they <laughs> they they had unfortunate. Uh, they met an unfortunate premature death, right? Yeah. The um, you know what I I would like to mention Peter it's not particularly uh, uh, of great importance but it's interesting I met Robert Kennedy oh wow when I was um, I was media contact for MCA Universal in New York and he was at some event for for the New York film critics. And um, I have to tell you, he was a charismatic figure, a very handsome guy. His smile, literally, this was at Sardi's in New York, where the event took place. His smile lit up the room, and he was very pleasant. So, in other words, that that was that was my uh, impression of of Robert Kennedy. And also, I, I regarding Frank and Marilyn, I would like to point out that Frank did propose marriage. That's true. That's in the book. And she turned him down. And DiMaggio proposed marriage at the same time. Neither man was a picnic, as we've discussed. And she was no picnic either. But uh, she was going to go with DiMaggio. And then she was then she was gone. What would what I've always asked myself this question of all of these, this cabal of questions and individuals and murders, what one thing would you really like to know? Well, I would like to know how the cabal could wield such breathtaking, destructive power, which apparently uh, a contemporary version of it still does. And um, one has to be on one's guard at all times. Yeah, you have to be careful of what's going on around you, etc. Don't you think? Absolutely. Um, I've I've come to it as an old man. Come to believe. You, but you don't. Say, you sound uh, <laughs> thirty kind. years old, Peter. I've, I, you, you as well. But a- after being drawn to this and reading it and listening to people like yourself who have done the heavy lifting. Um, I come to a conclusion that we have very little, if anything, to say that there are masters of the universe and this ability. And I, I like I said, I, I don't believe Oswald acted alone. That's personal belief. I also believe CIA is is up to its neck in it. I think organized crime is up to its other neck in it. And I don't think anybody wanted to know the truth. And this this chapter of all of these people that you write so well about is all sealed up, put in a box, and put on the doorstep. And we begin another chapter in Southeast Asia and Vietnam and 
all the craziness of the Johnsons. And the one guy that you wish you could sit in a room with and have him given sodium pentothal to tell the truth, I'm reading, <laughs> is Hoover. Is Hoover, Hoover new stuff. And I mentioned that, that G-Man book about Hoover. But I, 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 would, I would say, Peter, that Hoover knew everything. I agree. Capital letters underlined. I agree. I totally agree. And, and and he had dossiers on everyone, and, and that's that's how he kept himself in office oh, until the including the, especially the Kennedys. Absolutely, Kennedy. Bobby Kennedy hated him, and he's gleeful when he calls and says your brother's dead. He just hangs up because he knows that he's he will remain. Bobby will be gone, and Jack is dead. And Hoover to me, that book G Man that's out now is just powerful, and. He, he he really didn't know the stuff, did he not, Edward? Well, you know, Peter, the, these books are being written. Uh, you have your show. You're getting the message out. There, there are others. So it's not like there's total silence. Um, mm. And actually, you know, even in the so-called old days, there wasn't total silence either. And I think... It's a little easier now because of of how sophisticated communications have become. But weren't I mean, you- weren't books spiked? Um, I when I did a lot of the work on the Ramses, I was a media geek on the Ramses, and I got to know Geraldo of all people. And he would come to Boulder, and we would sit in a broadcast unit and sit and talk. And he told me that Ethel Kennedy was dating Rune Ulrich. And that he wanted to do a story early on about Bobby and Jack Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe, and that he got his story got spiked. That Ethel Kennedy did not allow that story to happen. And that's a, that's a, it's not my story; it's Geraldo's story. But um, it has to be true. It yeah. sounds a exa- hundred yeah. percent true. Yeah. Sure, of course yeah. they can do that. Sure. And he told me we sat and we we talked about a lot of stuff. He he was on to some things, and uh, but. What are you going to do next? We're coming up on time. What What do you got in the hopper? Well, actually, I'm I'm completing a novel, incorporating all the things I couldn't put in the book. <laughs> <laughs> I, and that's probably the more true stuff, right? Um, well, no. What, what I've put in the books is true, but that's what I'm there, saying. There, there were certain restrictions. Oh, yeah, you know? sure. And when when why when will we see you again? And whenever you like. I'll tell you I, what. I I. I, I, I I really enjoy doing your show. Well, you're kind. You. Okay. I, there's this book, Mafia Spies, that we did before we did you. And all you guys, I mean, there's a two, there are two women historians in Texas. And I like to have like this giant symposium of people like you that I respect so much and say, okay, tell the truth. You know, and my, my grandma was from the old country who always said, tell the truth and shame the devil. And I always think that Joe Kennedy made that deal. You're our special guy, Edward. If you're ever out west, the door's open. I know we'll see each other. We'll meet again. Franklin, Maryland is the book, and it's a home run, and and, uh, Post Hill is his publisher. Take care of yourself, sir. Thank you so much for your time. You too. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, sir. All right. Now, the big issue, of course, is the... The, all the footage that we've seen now, the Tyree Nichols violent arrest we did the first hour on Open Lines. We'll come back and do it again right after this. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.